0: Okay, we are back this week for another episode of Alpha Cast or Alpha Stream, whatever we want to call it. It's our live stream we do every Thursday at 10 a.m. on DLive. It's great being back on this platform. We like to support uh, alternative platforms that aren't censoring content um, like the platform that most people are on that we're finding out is actually, um, going to be cutting out Google Hangouts. And I've heard also potentially the live streaming that being YouTube. So it's good that we are embracing D live from the get go. Um, so if you are watching this replay on YouTube, please check out our D live channel. That's D live. dot. TV forward slash alpha Vedic and um, subscribe and hit the notification so you know when we go live that way you can jump into the chat and ask us questions um, while we're doing this. How's it going today Dr. Landa? how you doing today? Doing really well thank you for asking Michael. Good. Um, I realize I left my dog outside and she is barking at um, some construction people. I might have to go grab her in a second. Um, But today we are going to dive deep into healing cavities naturally, Um, a topic that I think a lot of people can connect to because we all have teeth. And uh, nobody likes oral pain or oral issues with their teeth, of course. There's nothing worse than having a a sore tooth or having uh, some sort of issue with your gums or teeth that can really ruin your day or ruin your life. And um, traditionally, um, this is actually um, an area that isn't really covered much in the alternative health world. Uh, As I was doing some research last night. It's kind of funny. It's just kind of a thing where people, sure, there are more kind of naturopathic dentists and stuff, but um, I think where we're going today is going to be pretty unique in what we're covering today in regards to remineralization and these other topics um, involving um, t- uh, tooth repair, tooth decay, etc. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a pretty cool, fun show today. We're going to go into um, how to heal cavities. Uh, naturally, and probably go into uh, some other tangents as we normally do. Uh, So where do you want to start with this today, Bear? Um, Maybe go into a little bit of the history of how you got involved with this and what kind of, what areas uh, or what places took you to uh, discovering more about this information?
1: Yeah, and... Before we get started, since I'm not a poster child for a stunning smile, the first uh, advice I'd give everybody is don't do contact sports unless you want to end up with a mouthful of uh, chipped and broken teeth like I have. So um, that aside, I, years ago, started following a dentist who worked for the Army. And in his experience, he uh, saw hundreds of people weekly Uh, as a military-type doctor. And over that experience, he developed ways to do things unconventionally, and instead of just a drill-and-fill method, he found through experimentation that he could actually heal cavities. So he's the first one. His name's Huggins, but uh, A. Huggins, I forget his first name, Al, maybe. He's the first one that implanted the little suggestion, you know, with me that, cavities can heal and of course it made perfect sense to me at the time because Teeth are living structures. We tend to think of bones as and teeth as as uh, Just solid almost inanimate objects, but if you look at them microscopically, they have uh, uh, Cells that are giving their all every moment of the day that are not only uh, keeping the enamel and and uh, the bony matrix healthy, but also using that as a reservoir for minerals for the entire body and interplaying with the rest of the body by way of the bloodstream and different organ systems to maintain a perfect amount of calcium and other uh, uh, minerals into the bloodstream for good overall health and then also to maintain the integrity of the joints and uh, the connective tissue of the body, including bones and the enamel of our teeth. So that launched my experiment too, where first with myself, I always use myself and my family as a guinea pig, (laughs) and we started doing research into alternative uh, oral hygiene methods, including creating our own tooth serums, which we've perfected at this particular point. And found that they worked really well, and also that when uh, decay started happening, that if you know what to do and stick with it, that they, in fact, not only didn't get worse, but very often just went away. Uh, We'll go way deeper into a lot of other things at play that are actually behind tooth decay and uh, oral problems, but that's how I started.
0: Fantastic. Um, So this was a military dentist, you said? Right. And And
1: since he saw a lot of people and since he wasn't bound by the conventions of private practice economics, it did allow him the space to start doing things different, trying different things.
0: Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And so uh, are you still in contact with him, or was this back in the day? Do you know uh, if he's had no okay I um, believe
1: he's still practice he's he's older than I am um so I think he might be in Texas uh, could be wrong, and he might still be at it but if you uh, if you look him up on the internet, he's iconic for natural dentistry. And it's one of the best sources that people find when they start doing their own research, just to verify that, yeah, uh, a real professional in the field of dentistry has figured out that you can, in fact, heal cavities um, naturally. And it was—it didn't just stop at cavities. He was the first one that really alerted me to the pitfalls of conventional dentistry and how they affect your entire health. Sure. So another discussion we could get in today is things to avoid in dentistry and, and ways that mainstream dentistry can impact your whole health very detrimentally. Yeah. In fact <laughs> in fact first <laughs> little tangent here in my experience in chronic degenerative diseases there is almost always in people that we used to see a link to dental issues that were keeping their systemic problems alive and maybe even triggering them in the first place.
0: Fascinating. Um, I would love to go more into that and and get a little more specific uh, in regards to that. Uh, Me personally, and this is something... I'm sure family members who watch this and friends will roll their eyes and go, "Oh gosh, how can you do that, Mike?" But I don't think I've been to the dentist in 15 years. Um, at first, it was just uh, me being in my 20s and not being able to afford it because I didn't have insurance, and just putting it off and using other things to, uh, you know, maintain my oral health just through uh, flossing and uh, different mouthwashes and stuff, and just luckily didn't have issues and. Still haven't had really issues. I think I do have a cavity, one cavity in the back of my mouth that occasionally flares up, but it's kind of funny. I just ignore it, um, and I, you know, I don't drink sugary drinks. I don't um, enjoy candy much unless occasional movie or something. Um, so I'm not, I'm not ingesting a lot of sugar or things that are detrimental to my teeth. Um, I, I like to think I have a fairly good diet and health uh, practices. So. Um, yeah, I, and the one, the reason why I really stopped going to the dentist as I went down the fluoride rabbit hole back, uh, 10, 12, God, maybe 15 years ago now. Um, I went down that whole rabbit hole with it related to the aluminum industry and it being a neurotoxin and going into the feeling, the fillings aspect too, with, um, what, with what they use for fillings and how you've got that fillings dust in the air, just going into a dental office and all this stuff. And I was just, um, appalled by it all. So I said, you know, no more, no more going to the dentist for me. And, um, you know, I, I had looked into going to a more of a, like a naturopathic dentist, but just haven't had the need to really. So, um, yeah, I just don't go. Um, I still have a retainer. Uh, on this, on the back side of this row that I had since I was maybe 14 or 15, <laughs> I think I was supposed to take it out a while ago, but it's working great. Keeping my lower row, uh, straight, you know, when I was in high school, I went through the whole braces thing and had even had headgear at night. Um, so yeah, I was getting all the ladies back then, but, um, uh, yeah, I, have gone through the rigors of the mainstream dental and ortho, uh, orthodontist, um, uh, whole procedures uh, and came out the other side just uh, once I was an adult and could make decisions for myself, I decided no more. Thank you. So, uh, and I seem to be doing okay. Um, it does help that I uh, use this. This is our, um, our essential body care number two. Uh, this is our restorative tooth serum, which we'll go into in detail in a bit. Um, this has been wonderful since we developed this. I use this every day and we can kind of get into the technology behind that. But yeah, uh, no going to the dentist for me. Um, am I a bad guy? Uh, is that, is that a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. No, you
1: can keep uh, better care of your mouth than the average dentist if you know how to do it. And the first thing he hit on was fluoride. So avoid anything fluoride, whether it's in toothpaste, in the water you drink, avoid it like the plague. It'll actually screw you up, uh, including your teeth. So it's a, it's really a myth. And what they did, uh, a study came out uh, based on uh, an awareness that in Deaf Smith County in Texas, they had fluoride in the water uh, naturally occurring. And so, they extrapolated from that, that, uh, because the people in the area had less dental caries, it. Therefore fluoride is good for your teeth, but you have to distinguish between, as you already mentioned, aluminum, uh, derivative, uh, for, uh, derivatives from the aluminum industry, just the leftovers that they'd usually have to dump as toxic waste. And then using that study as uh as a way to not have to go put it in landfills, but sell it to, to municipal water supplies and everything and say, Oh, it's going to improve your, uh, your teeth. Uh, in actuality, it's two different things, naturally occurring fluoride that's in the ground as part of the uh, trace, uh, mineral element versus industrial waste products. So uh, it's really, it's really sinister and, um, to the extreme what they do. But most people still think that, oh, fluoride is good for you and, and they get fluoride treatments and so forth. And there's even uh, locally in Humboldt County, we knew of a of a child who died from a fluoride treatment because he just swallowed the fluoride when it was in the mouth. And the dentist said, oops, you're not supposed to do that. And, and uh, the kid actually succumbed. So it's very toxic. It's poison. So don't wow. use it. You don't need it for your teeth, and there's much better things you can do. So, uh, launching into well, the that, basics, I, I most gonna, people. Do, go ahead. I was just I was
0: just going to say too. That's why, if you look at any traditional toothpaste, uh, like a Colgate or Crest, it says, "Do if you swallow this, call uh, you know nine one one immediately." I mean, that's insane. It's like a ubiquitous uh, tube that you see in most bathrooms uh, around the world, and and it could kill you. It's just, uh, it's wild. Yeah, and anything you put in your mouth
1: is absorbed readily into your bloodstream, especially in a sublingual capillaries. Your blood, uh, your entire blood volume goes through that every few minutes. And those capillaries being very close to the sublingual surface absorb everything in there. We'll talk about some ways to make that work for you uh, related to teeth health in uh, in a few moments here. But if you think you're going to put those kind of poisons in your mouth and you're okay if you spit it out, all you're doing is slow poisoning yourself.
0: Yeah. um, And that poison, that neurotoxin, um, every time you brush your teeth with the traditional fluoride toothpaste, that's just building up into your uh system. And I'm sure um those who have used traditional fluoride toothpaste, there's some things that we can offer to help uh detoxify um the that neurotoxin, I'm sure, right?
1: Absolutely. And when you look at all these things in unison, fluoride and such, it may start to explain why people like myself that are in the health business notice it 40 years ago when I started a lot of these cancers and neurological deterioration diseases were extremely rare and almost non-existent and kids are now epidemic and almost an expectation in your life. Um, maybe, you know, just a good hunch. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, well, that being said, uh, diving, uh, so me personally not going to the dentist, uh, has worked out okay. Um, but let's say, you know, I've got this back molar that occasionally when I'm biting on a piece of bread or something, I'll get a little flash of pain and I know probably I've got a little bit um, of rot, I guess. What is a cavity exactly? Um, maybe we can just do, do a quick little dive into what a cavity actually is, a definition kind of how the tooth works um, and what I'm dealing with when um, I quote unquote get a cavity.
1: Well conventional dentistry would tell you that it's uh, an erosion of the enamel and precipitated by oral bacteria that feed on certain substances uh really love sugar and there's a little bit of truth to that and therefore start eating away at the enamel and therefore sugar's bad and it's all based on too much sugar and and cultivating these bacteria at the expense of your tooth enamel. So let's, I like to always step back and look at the big picture. You know, there's uh, not just a tendency, but a massive brainwashing program in our culture for decades that is teaching us to break apart the parts rather than looking at the whole and in science, we call that reductionism. So what they do is look and see what's circumstantially at the scene of the crime, like bacteria in this case, and blame everything on that. So what we have to understand is that those bacteria and your oral hygiene is nothing more than a reflection of your entire health. So f- the, the first tip that everybody needs to take as far as taking care of their mouths, is take care of your body. And that would get us into lifestyle and diet. Now, when you get into diet, even in the more naturally inclined circles, you have to not fall into the reductionist trap again. And what I mean by that is, for instance, there's a lot of followers of the Weston Price uh, Foundation, which has a lot of good information. And a short history of them for people that don't know is it's based on studies of peoples throughout the world and people from different cultures that do not eat a lot of uh, uh, refined foods and, and, and so forth and, and have more of a paleo diet seem to have better teeth health than people from cultures that are more advanced in uh, technologies and therefore eating manufactured food now because of that many people especially today are extrapolating into the whole paleo concept where that means okay grains are bad uh you need to eat you know a lot of meat and all that sort of thing for good health well i really don't buy that and clinically i find that that doesn't hold its water and even a lot of people in the paleo circles. Now, I'm not saying paleo is good or bad, because nutrition is very individual. As we talked about in one of our recent uh, podcasts, diet is a reflection of where you're at on a much larger journey, and therefore it's transitional, and so different things are better at different times. But going back to the paleo, um, they say basically that grains are bad and that sort of thing. And a lot of people will improve their health, including dental health, when they go more on a paleo animal product, protein, uh, diet, uh, high in fats. And the, the fat part, I agree with uh, high fats are also very desirable, but, the, the animal flesh protein, not so much for your health overall, but here's how they justify it. They say, well, there's elements in grains, legumes, and seeds, uh, different phytoelements, uh, phytic acid, that is the is protective uh, chemical in those, in those food sources that protects the seed, the legume, the grain, and, and so forth in nature. But then it inhibits the uptake of minerals and things when you consume them. So first off, The the real truth is that what the um, Weston Price found, it was based on avoiding... They didn't come to this conclusion, conclusion, but a lot of us have in the field. It's based on people eating refined grains, refined sugars, and manufactured food. So if you go back to a reduction versus a holistic uh, perspective... Everything, like the phytoelements, the phytic acid, is based on a reductionist type of outlook. That means we identify one element in grains, legumes, and seeds and find that in an unnatural situation, what we call in vitro studies laboratory, not in real life, that these things can have an inhibitory effect. But if you take a real body in a real natural situation and have these elements, and especially when these elements uh, are neutralized by proper preparation, they're not a problem at all when, in fact, the real problem was the refined version of all these foodstuffs. So if you want to really stay up and lose sleep at night about, oh, my God, uh, am I getting you know these these Uh, uh, phytoelements that are inhibiting mineral absorption, then just prepare food the way people used to. Don't buy it at the store. If you want to have grain products or breads, for instance, then do the old fermented style where all these things are neutralized. And not only that, but fermenting, you know, like sourdough fermenting of breads uh, makes all the 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 nutrition from grains more readily available and easy to digest doesn't contribute to the the gluten problem uh problems and all the things that the the people that think grains are the antichrist these days you know hmm. uh, attribute to grains so um the well, other that, thing, and also heir,
0: uh, i was gonna say heirloom grains um uh, as well as sprouting grains there's you know um there's a lot of studies show that by sprouting grains, um, you actually, uh, inhibit a lot of the gluten, uh, issues and stuff, right? So there's a Good lot point. of that you can do grains. It, I, we actually just posted, uh, a s- recent study, um, about paleo's relation to heart disease, um, because of the lack of grains in the diet. And stressed that, and this was on Scent, uh, we stressed that, hey, grains aren't totally evil. Look into heirloom and look into sprouting. Uh, and as you mentioned, um, you know, like the sourdough, there, um, there's a reason why humanity had a massive spurt of evolution culturally and with civilizations once uh, they integrated uh, bread into the diet.
1: And... I could really go into the weeds about paleo, not that I'm a pet a, a policeman or anything like that, because I believe that everybody needs to honor where they're at. And if you're eating a lot of flesh foods, you don't just drop them overnight and go into a, a, a militant vegan kind of uh, lifestyle because you won't thrive. You have to ease yourself into it, develop the enzyme systems uh start lessening the um emotional attachments to the way we eat because emotions are have a very strong relationship to our eating and and you have to honor where you're at so um yeah um, brains you know, go ahead
0: well i was just going to say um uh well go ahead but yeah you're right right we already covered this on i was just going to tell everybody if they want to kind of see where we stand with the veganism versus paleo. We did a live stream on this already uh, that a lot of people have enjoyed. It's on our YouTube channel. So if you go to our YouTube channel, if you just go to alphavedic.com or if you're on DLive here, uh, we got a link below and you can check out our previous shows where we really go into all this. Uh, Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so I won't go back into that. So if you're eating beans, any kind of legumes, then what you do is you soak them. And uh, people say soak them eight hours just so they can cook more readily. Uh, but I like to soak them for eight hours and then uh, keep them rinsed for another 16 hours so you have a 24-hour cycle because then the beans actually start germinating, but they aren't start, starting to show their sprout yet. And mm. then you cook them. And what you do is you get rid of all the phytic acid, for, uh, for one thing, if that's if you think that's a problem. And then also it activates the enzymes and a lot of nutrition before you cook them. And uh, another thing I like to do is just eat sprouted legumes. We have a, what we call a power bean mix. It has a combination of mungs, garbanzos, azukis, and a few
0: others in there. And, that's uh, why- you create, you just, that's why whenever I come uh, to your house, you got big bowls of beans and water and stuff. It's always just yeah. <laughs> in your Our, kitchen. <laughs> Our kitchen usually looks like a laboratory,
1: much <laughs> to my wife's dismay, but that's just mm-hmm. what we eat. So, uh, yeah, just good raw sprouted legumes are good too. If they're sprouted, not a good idea. If uh, If they're not sprouted, plus you'll probably, that's a good way to, surefire break the enamel on your teeth. So anyway, uh, not that anyone would try that. So um, So so what's the deal uh, So
0: so what is the deal with sugar? I mean, is sugar the thing that is what everyone needs to be scared of um, for rotting your teeth, or is that kind of um, a misnomer?
1: No, there's a great amount of truth to that. Sugar does feed enamel-eating bacteria. It does cultivate those, but a presence of uh, an abundant presence of those kinds of bacteria, if they are problematic, is more reflective of your entire health. Now, remember, your oral cavity is your gut, it's one continuous system. So, a lot of people are talking about gut health and the importance of having microorganism populations in proper balance for digestion and health and so forth. And that's another whole topic of discussion, many topics uh, over time that we'll do. But when you think of your oral cavity, including your teeth, it is your gut. It's the same system. So if you have improper lifestyle, if your digestion is faulty and that sort of thing, and we'll give you some tips in a few moments on, on ways to go into that then you're gonna have microorganism imbalances that are going to produce variations in those microorganisms, and I think we talked about this recently, that will create more, uh, not that microorganisms are pathogenic in and of themselves, but if they're out of balance, just like any ecosystem, If you kill the ladybugs, then you're going to have too many aphids and and that sort of thing. So it's the same thing in your body. So you don't go in and say, oh, those guys are bad. No, they need to be checked. Now in bioterrain medicine, which is my expertise, we know how to assess the body. Um, This is a little bit over the pay grade of the average individual, but there are things that you can do without somebody like myself, but people that are far down the road in a disease process, we have a way to um, assess the entire system and bring it back into balance over time so that the ecology will produce not only greater health, but reverse what we think of as diseases, including dental decay, so, here's some things that you might think of um, We already covered greens, legumes, and so forth uh really good foodstuffs. It doesn't mean that you have to be solely dependent on those; just have them as a as a good part of your diet and uh just know how to properly prepare them. in fact, Mike, while I'm thinking about it, maybe as we're redoing our site, which we're up to you know over the next few months let's have a resource center where uh we can put up recipes uh teaching people how to uh bake old style fermented sourdough bread how to do sprouts and and all that sort of thing there's a lot of things readily available on the on the internet but we really should make yeah. ourselves a one stop place what about like spelt fl-
0: what about like spelt flour stuff like that
1: Yeah, spelt would just be more of the original non-hybridized version of wheat. And so non-hybridized, which you already said, is the key. Spelt, you're a little bit more likely to have that work. But I don't like to just grind flour up. So so say, for instance, if I wasn't fermenting the grains first, which I favor, then what I would do with spelt berries is I would sprout them until a little nub show then i would dehydrate them and then i would grind them into a flour now people that don't have the time in their life to make this a full time occupation there are companies out there that sell sprouted grains and do a good job so yep. you might want to resource some of those
0: yeah i was going to say there's i'm sure folks that are, are busy living in the city etc there also there's a big awakening movement in the food scene about heirloom um, grains and bakeries doing this. So if you're lucky enough to live in a pretty hip city um, where they have bakeries doing this, um, I'm sure um, uh, you can find that as well as what about the more vegan um, bakery options too, uh, that are doing alternatives that are still doing uh, like vegan breads and stuff. Um, Are you still going to be, lacking um some of the calories and nutrition there with that or um i know there's like when i used to live down in la we would go to this amazing japanese vegan bakery and uh i know it's a lot of like egg base or no that wouldn't be vegan so what what do they use for base uh there for their breads and stuff because um god they were fantastic
1: no, they're great. Uh, in fact, there's a bakery online. They're up here in Northern California, down in the North Bay area. Um, uh, it's escaping me, but we can we can post that too. They ship all over. Uh, they're totally vegan, and they do old style fermentation. You know, with millet, millet quinoa, and other grains, barley. Uh, they have no gluten breads. They have some with uh, gluten, but again, that gluten's really not. As problematic as people think if they were to prepare the grains properly and also get them from non hybridized. Gluten has become a huge problem because of the hybridized grains uh, manufacturing and, and that sort of thing. So, um, and then people develop gluten allergies. Uh, allergies is a kind of a, there's a deep understanding to that too. But but for right now, uh, then when they avoid gluten uh, of any type, then their health improves. But then in the long run, you know, you don't have to avoid any source of gluten like the plague. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, so first off, Mike, is we talked about it's a reflection of our overall health. So a proper lifestyle, uh, diet honoring where you're at, use it as a transitionary tool to Leads you up the ladder to greater and greater health now uh in health circles we tend to emphasize the don'ts which uh we already named some of them no grains and you know that sort of thing And, and then they uh justify it with these reductionistic concepts which really isn't the way things work in a real living system okay enough on that Uh, and then they say, okay, here's what you do do. And they'll talk about fats. I agree with that completely. You want an abundance of fats. Now I'm not a vegan. I am a vegetarian, but I really believe that animal byproducts, uh, such as raw dairy, range-free eggs and things like that can be very valuable in the diet. And if you want a healthy body and, uh, uh, healthy teeth, then the fats from raw dairy, raw butter is my favorite. I don't drink raw milk, but I think raw butter is probably one of the best complete foods out there. Eggs, the same. If you're vegan, no problem. There's ways to get around it with coconut oil and, and other kinds of, uh, like olive oil. I, I like monosaturated fats rather than uh, getting a lot of fats from sources that are high in omega-6 or, or threes, like uh, eating fish oils or... Or, or uh, certain seeds, uh, flax, and everything. Not that those are, those seeds are bad. They're they're actually very good. But if you overdo it, it can actually create an imbalance over time in the local hormones uh, called prostaglandins, which can eventually lead to fatty acid imbalances in the body and create inflammation and such. And such. So, if you use those kind of specialized oils. Rather than monosaturated, which are the saturated fats which we we're taught are bad, which is your olive, your coconut, and, and your butter, that sort of thing, then um, just use it judiciously and uh, you know don't overdo that. Don't drink gallons of the stuff every day and think you're getting healthier. There's uh, some good oil blends that are made from those specific oils, like Udo's oil. I, I like that. That's a good one, and he has more of a broad spectrum. Uh, fatty acid assay with those because he does combine different uh, fatty acids from different seed sources. So one thing, talking about fish oil, the first thing you'll say is, oh, fermented cod liver oil. I get there are some good things in there, but fish oil, first off, you have to understand is that the oil in the fish is what concentrates the toxins that the fish are exposed to. And there's a lot of junk in our waters these days. So you might want to just think about that a little bit, do your own research. And it might be a source of, uh, of just concentrating toxins that you don't want if you isolate the oil from the fish. The other thing, no matter how it's manufactured, the fish oil is going to at least be in the beginning stages of rancidity. So, not the best thing either. Gross. The phyto sources, uh, botanical sources of oils are much easier to keep in their non-rancid state than the oils from fish. So, um, I this would is say, why or- I fish.
0: this is why I fish though. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I'm an avid angler on my river, so I get a lot of the, uh, oils from the skin and, and stuff when we, um, catch fresh fish on our beautiful river. So never have actually purchased fish oil pills, but, um, to your point about the omega threes and, and such, um, I mean we were taught that it's super important to have those. You're saying you don't want to overdo it, but it is important to get those in some form, correct?
1: Yeah, and monosaturated oils, your body uses those to manufacture threes or sixes or whatever it needs. So I, I come from Mediterranean ancestry, and that's all they had. And uh, my ancestors all live well into their hundreds yeah, And as soon as they deviated from that diet, you know, when they got into trans fats uh, with manufacturing and, and other kind of specific fats, then your, your health depletes. So monosaturate, monosaturated is the most intelligent way to get your fats. Now, fresh raw butter is fantastic. And of course, you're eating it when it's uh, fresh. You don't store it for too long although it'll store for a while fine. And that's a great source, not only of your good saturated fats that the body favors, but also a source of A, E, K, and D, which are all fat soluble vitamins, which anybody should really assure that they're getting in their diet one way or the other, if you want healthy teeth. So, so monosaturated uh, fats, The uh, fatty-derived vitamins are all really important, and you can get those without eating fish. Now, when you eat fish that you catch right outside our door in the Smith River here, you're getting the salmon. Sure, they do come up, but they are purging quite a bit as they go through the pristine waters of the Smith River. And by by the time they get up to us here a few miles upstream, they're a lot cleaner and then when you eat them, you you are getting their fats, but you're not getting a concentrated amount. It's in proportion with the you know the flesh of the fish and, and eating the whole fish. So it's different than yeah. taking a whole bunch of salmon extracting the the oil and then just consuming that.
0: Kind of goes back to the refine, uh aspect of refined foods, right? Just eating more naturally, uh, and that just does kind of hark back to the paleo concept, but just eating more in a natural state of things is always seems to be better than taking a pill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Now, one other – go ahead. I was just going to say moving forward. Um, uh, well, one other thing too on the fats – uh, so it's good. I like to blend coconut oil uh, in my coffee every morning. It's kind of a big trend, but I've derived so many health benefits from it. When I had my LASIK uh, surgery, for instance, um, they recommend that you uh, put these drops in, which I didn't do. It was antibacterial drops. I used colloidal silver, really high grade colloidal silver. And then they w- recommended you uh, take these other pills for the the fats. And I just took a lot of coconut oil, and my um, optometrist was, after the surgery, the day after, I was pretty much already healed, and completely, well, now I have 20-10 vision, which is awesome, but she was blown away, and of course, I didn't tell what I was actually doing, but they were just fabergasted. They're like, we've never seen such healthy eyes right after the surgery, Um, and it's because I have a high, I mean, I have a, I take a lot of coconut oil, and I love it, so there's something to be said about that.
1: And speaking of coconut oil, another great technique is oil pulling. And a lot of people know of that these days. It's a growing trend, but it really does work. It's from the old world emanating from India, where it's a common practice. And first off, when you put oil in your mouth first thing in the morning, when you wake up, a tablespoon is usually sufficient. Uh, they, They would traditionally use sesame oil, which is a good one to go to. Hmm. Uh, but I like coconut oil because coconut oil has been shown to have a really good effect on the enamel of your teeth and your overall, uh, oral health. So when you get up in the morning, put a tablespoon of oil in your mouth, whatever you prefer. And, uh, then you just kind of gently swish it around as you're going about your business in the morning, wait 20 minutes and go spit it out and then brush your teeth. Twenty minutes, huh? And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not that big of a thing. Uh, you just make it part of a routine, and, and it's not like you're sitting around doing nothing. Just, just do what you normally do. Only I mean, you have that in your mouth. Now, what and about most
0: what about doing yeah. that with the carbon sixty olive oil?
1: Mm. No. I, I wouldn't do it. It'd probably be a waste of the olive oil because you're gonna spit it out and here's the other oh, thing that happens Okay, yeah since uh since you're doing it first thing in the morning and the reason why it's a good time to do it then is Your liver has not been that active because uh, the muscles aren't pumping the lymphatics and and things kind of uh, Accumulate in the middle of the night. It's it becomes more like a stagnant pond that's why sometimes when you wake up in the morning, you have bags under your eyes and everything, especially if you've had a, a late night or been drinking the night before or something like that, it's because your liver is suffering. But the liver is always just, a, uh, you know, needs to be uh, flushed first thing in the morning. And so when you do this, the oil in your mouth in a 20-minute period, uh, it's, it's all the blood in your entire body has flowed through those sublingual capillaries that we were mentioning. And the oil pulls all the, not all, but a good deal of toxins and things from the blood. And it's a good way to just uh, give the liver a break first thing in the morning. And a lot of people have had, uh, noticed great improvements in their health just by oil pulling. And again, we call it pulling because the oil pulls toxins from the blood that have accumulated during the night. But we mention it here as far as teeth health for both reasons because remember the more your entire body is healthy the healthier your gut will be and then therefore the healthier your mouth and teeth will be and also the coconut oil we know has a very positive effect on the teeth enamel uh, by itself so oil pulling is a, another great thing for people that want to maintain good healthy teeth
0: that's amazing,
1: and yeah. That's, so, just learn so something new. One.
0: Learn, I learn something yeah. new every day. That's really cool. So that would you call that like an Ayurvedic uh, traditional therapy, uh, something yes. they do? <clears throat> okay. Very
1: yeah. Cool. So uh, another general technique that we could make an entire talk about, but we'll just mention it. If somebody really wants to improve their health overall and therefore their teeth, intermittent fasting... And don't let the fasting word scare you. Intermittent means you narrow your window of eating. Now, you don't want to starve yourself. You want to get good nutrition. But this myth that we should be eating these f- frequent small meals throughout the day uh, and snacking, that means that your digestive system is never getting a rest. You're exhausting your enzyme systems. And in the long run, it will contribute to undigested foodstuffs in the gut. That will contribute to imbalances in microorganism colonizations that feed off that indigested stuff. So the more you can narrow your eating window, the better off you are. And a good rule of thumb is what they call the 16-8. That means 16 hours out of the day, you aren't eating. So here's what that would look like say you get up in the morning, you do your oil pulling and and, and all of that. And then the next thing you might want to do is drink a little water just to complete the flushing. You might even want to put some lemon in the water because that has another good flushing effect for the liver. And then maybe some herbal tea or if you drink coffee or something else, fine, you can have that then. And then maybe think about eating at about 10 or 11, your first, first food of the day, that old Again, another myth that breakfast is your best, most important meal isn't necessarily so, and most people eat too much for too long in any given 24-hour period, and it's the major contributor to long-term decline in health. So if you were, say, to have your first meal 10 or 11, and have your last meal Uh, say five or six, you've got an eight hour window there approximately where you're confining your food. And, And then you have a nice 16 hours for your body just to digest and rest and you don't go to bed on a full stomach. I get that everybody is on very unnatural lifestyles and we tend to create our lifestyles around our occupation because we're more conscious about making money than we are on our health or our well-being. And, and I know that's uh, another whole story, but there's a way to transition your life off of that wheel too if you really want to. In fact, in the long run, you might even find yourself prospering more uh, versus going getting up early in the morning and, and doing something you hate every day because you think you've got to do it to make money. So back to teeth and health if you have intermittent fasting and i think you could even pull this off if you have a full time job and uh, you know just do things on break and lunch and so forth and uh, work around that so intermittent fasting i would suggest is the most the number one thing that you could do to improve your health more than anything give your gut a rest and let it clean up You'll get better digestion and better health overall. Okay, that's, that's sort that, of a. I, I was gonna, know, gonna say too. That's
0: <laughs> That's really easy to do. It's just don't eat. <laughs> it's like it doesn't. It's not and, a very expensive th- um, solution.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And you know, change is good. And if it puts a new wrinkle on your grain matter, then that's good. Uh, just start experimenting, and you'll find that hey, you can do things that before you would have thought were disciplines and in the long run you actually start looking forward to them and you feel a lot better. So um, we already talked about okay no commercial toothpaste and that would bring us into possibly knowing how to create your own tooth serum or uh, as Mike showed you we have one available. I made that tooth serum Uh, because for years I would give people recipes on things. They could go to the health food store and buy and put together their own things. Some people like to do it. They found they could do it, you know, less expensively, but they are having a hard time sourcing some ingredients that we use. Also, uh, a lot of people just don't want to take the time. They'd rather buy something, um, you know, that's pre-made. So let's say, say the tooth serum for last uh, Mike, would you like to go into dental procedures a little bit?
0: Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I've had my fair share. Um, yeah, so currently, obviously people know when you have a quote unquote cavity, they drill out the, I guess the what rotting part of the tooth, um, or if it's even worse, they'll do a root canal. Uh, and then they'll fill it in with a filling like I have a couple, um, that I need to get taken out. Actually, I have an old filling from the eighties, um, that is still, um, has, uh, probably some bad stuff in it to say the least that, uh, I need to get out. That's just like a slow death, uh, neurotoxin emitting in my mouth, uh, with mercury uh, so I do need to get that taken out and replaced, but yeah, I know f- for the longest time they would use what mercury, right? For fillings. Yeah. Insane.
1: And I don't want to freak you out, but let me go ahead and freak you out here. Please do. You take the amount of mercury in one silver filling, and if you put it in a 10 acre lake, the EPA would have to close it down as uh as a contaminated lake. Now, of course, the brilliant dentistry uh, association says, hey, no worries. Uh, Once it's bound in silver in your mouth, it's not going to leach out. Somehow they forget what they learned in pre-med chemistry about half-lives. And uh, that means the mercury in a silver amalgam would every 10 years leach half of that mercury into your bloodstream. And since it's one of the worst neurotoxins on the planet, hey, maybe that's... uh, instrumental or at least partially instrumental on creating all these uh, neurological diseases where people are routinely losing their minds when they're mild m- my age
0: yeah so why why we, do we, we, we why about that. I swear why are we in the dark ages still with this stuff why do they use mercury I know I know it's become it's not used so much anymore they use ceramics and other things now um, but why the mercury again was it just so they can facilitate the filling uh, easier the way mercury works
1: Yeah, silver amalgams are very pliable. So if you drill a hole and stick that in there, they don't have to really be artistic about it, nor take a lot of time. They just slap it in and the silver will tend to conform to the space more readily than if you're using some other composite. that takes a little bit more effort to make sure you're getting it in all the nooks and crannies and making it look good. And then and, and talk about ugly teeth. You open your mouth and you have all these black spots there. It's gangster. You know, I, 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 I tend to think that, okay, on the ground for dentistry, to answer your question, it's easier. And also these dentists, like most of us doctors, we're brainwashed in our indoctrination, you know, four years in medical school. And we're taught that, hey, don't worry, it's safe. And because... We're learning in these uh, billion-dollar facilities and institutions that, that have all the research, technology, and staffs of people and everything under the sun. We just tend to believe that how could this possibly be wrong with all this behind you? Uh, if you go to the top of the hierarchy as far as who's funding these institutions and where all this, these original ideas come from, it gets more and more sinister the higher up you go. Now we can just say, "Oh, it's a coincidence that everything we're exposed to, everything they put in the air, our food, our water, our medicine, um, you know, beam us with through technologies such as our Wi-Fi and now 5G is coming soon." Uh, they just happen to be slow kill technologies. I I don't believe that. On Certain levels of the hierarchy. They don't get all this and even if there isn't a grand conspiracy to kill everybody Or at least to erode the health of everybody. So we're more docile and dumb and easier to control I I just can't buy that It's an excuse. But the fact is either way. It's happening. It's yep. happening so that's why we really need to be intelligent educated And uh, understand how to protect ourselves so other uh, the other thing about these dental procedures let's just say you have an advanced cavity and and it's really keeping you up at night and you know we've all been there and you just need to go to a dentist to put yourself out of your misery that's that's totally legit and you don't want to sit around and do another six months of oil pulling or essential oils to try to heal it naturally well, there's an intelligent way to do it. Now, the last thing you want to do is drill the hole out. And of course, the dental mindset is we want to get all of the decay because their concept is if there's any left in, then it will spread. They do the same thing with surgery when they're taking out tumors. And what we understand uh, very clearly is that if you're taking something out of the body, you don't need to get clear margins. All you have to do is get rid of the major obstruction in the case of a growth. uh, Just take out the part that's maybe obstructing, um, you know, proper physiology if you have to and, and then let the body heal itself. But then you have to aggressively understand how to do that. The same thing uh, as it applies to teeth. With teeth, you just want to get the the worst of the pulpy stuff out, but you don't have to drill out uh, excessive amount of tooth that's in the long run going to necessitate a crown eventually if you don't get one from the start. And then uh, eventually that crown will fail. It's just a matter of time. And then you're looking at a root canal. So if you're drilling, you drill judiciously and just get out the Uh, You know the worst of it and then a good dentist will then disinfect it with ozone Hmm. he'll also uh, Inject ozone in uh, different areas around the gum so that the whole area is saturated and prevent any possibility of abscessing and then you close it back up with uh, more of a natural composite Now, it would be good uh, if you go to a biological dentist. There's not too many good ones out there, but you can find them because then, in fact, we did this in our own clinic because we trace a lot of health conditions to dental procedures. And we would have a way of testing to see what composite material I had a test kit uh, of different composite materials to see what's more um, compatible with that person's energetics and, and physiology. So that would be a great extra if you could actually get that custom kind of work the other thing you have to understand is the meridians that we understand through uh, Chinese uh, medicine Those energy channels Go through our teeth. So every tooth represents a different organ system so if you put a silver amalgam in there then you're going to block that meridian flow and you're also going to do it to the detriment of the organ system that is on that same meridian. Okay. So that's another reason why the, the metal ones are exceptionally bad. Now, if you get a composite, it can still do that. But there is a way that we understand from German biological medicine, and, and I used to do this routinely in the past, where you take different isopathic uh, um, remedies which are concentrates of the proteins from organisms that live inside of you—you you know, the real good ones that you need—and this would fall into the level of immunology too, not vaccination. Two different things, as we always remind people. And you take the uh, a three percent procaine solution, and this would go into something they pioneered in Germany called neurotherapy where if you take the procaine and the isopathics and you inject it in the gum area and the tooth, then that is going to with one or three injections open up those meridians and you should do this after tooth extractions also so that the um, meridians are not blocked and your systemic health by way of that affected organ, uh, you know, doesn't do you in. So dental procedures, dentists should all be trained in these things. Because if they don't understand how this impacts your entire health, they don't belong in the health business. Unfortunately, dentists are not trained that way, but some dentists are. We have a guy down in Santa Rosa that does all these things. Uh, The last thing I'll say for dental procedures is people say, okay, I'm too far gone. I need a root canal, but I've heard that root canals are very bad for your health. Yeah, they are bad for your health, and here's why. Conventional root canals will take the root out and then they'll just put a pharmaceutical uh, grade um, disinfectant in there. And then they'll pack it with material that's very porous that becomes a Petri dish for organisms. And in the long run, it's a breeding ground for all the garbage you don't want in your body and can contribute to many health problems. Plus, it will very greatly impact the meridian flow through that tooth. Now, here's the other side of the coin. When you extract a tooth instead, you've got long-term issues there too. So, it's kind of a, you know, half a dozen, one-sixth of the other. And, And it can affect you in many ways when you do an extraction. There is a way to do a healthy root canal. And again, you have to find an endodontist that knows how to do it. And here's what they do. And I've got one, I actually have uh, two root canals and it's based on damage I did to my teeth, you know, getting hit in the mouth too many times. But I had them done and I had that same dilemma knowing that root canals are not a good idea, but extractions aren't that great either. So this guy who I found through the grapevine, he will take the root out and then he has a, 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 a very... Organic type of disinfectant that he puts in there. It's non-toxic and then he injects it with ozone And then he seals it up but just temporarily And a month later you go back He inspects it if everything looks good And your body is going for it, which most of the time they do Mm -hmm. then he puts in the permanent stuff And he injects it with ozone again before he puts the permanent compound in. And this permanent compound is non-porous and it bonds and actually makes your tooth stronger than the original tooth. But it is a solid mass in there. So you're not going to be a Petri dish breeding all sorts of pathogens that are going to undermine you in the long run. And... Now, but it's very important to follow that up with the injections so that you can reinstate the meridian flow for the sake of the associated organ in that tooth so it remains healthy. So that's the way you do a root canal. And I just came to my own decision for my own body that that seemed to be the best option.
0: So if somebody's uh, out there, uh, interested in looking to find a practitioner who does this, what would they look up on Google or whatever? What, are they, what kind of dentist is this called?
1: Well, you look up biological dentistry. I think there's some associations out there that might help you find people in your areas. Uh, there's a lot of areas in the country that are more prone to have these kinds of people than other areas. So mm-hmm. hopefully you'll have the luck of the draw and find somebody where you live. Uh, I have people, you know, in my more regular practice days, I never had a local practice. I always had people that came to me from all over the world. Now, they were a different breed of patient because they had the means typically or they're scared enough to come in and see me uh, for what I offered. And so they would come mostly from Europe and Asia and other parts of the world and other parts of the country as well. And so if, uh, they didn't have a biological dentist close to them, just like they flew in to see me and stay with me for a while, they would also do the same with their dentist. And if your health is at stake, then I think it's worth it. And I definitely appreciate that not everybody can afford it. Even if, if you're wise to how important it is, here's another good option. There are some good dentists south of the border. In fact, there's one in Tijuana. Maybe we can put this up on the links later. That not only will it be half the price of the regular dentist, but they're doing very high-level biological dentistry and they're doing all these things that I'm talking about. Uh, There are places in uh, Central America, uh, places I know of like Costa Rica, Ecuador is a wonderful place. And what you save in your normal dentistry bill is going to pay for your trip and you get a vacation out of it at the same time. So when you go into a domestic dentist, a conventional dentist stateside, you're getting reamed in more ways than one. Wow! You shouldn't be paying that much. Yeah, and you also shouldn't be getting those invasive procedures that are going to affect your teeth and your health in the long run.
0: Wow. That's, that's crazy that, um, you know, as the supposed uh, most evolved and, um, you know, forward-thinking country with, the, you know, supposedly with all the innovative technologies we have going that um, you go to Ecuador <laughs> to find a proper yeah. biological dentist. Uh, it's crazy. Um, so, and when
1: I was doing my training in medicine, uh, all the good stuff I learned was from overseas, Because at that time, you know, during the 60s and 70s, when I was doing my foundational training, um, your training never stops, but that's where I was getting the basics. I had to go elsewhere because especially in Europe at that time, it was less suppressed and doctors had more freedom. It's not like that anymore. I fortunately got the good stuff before it was shut down over there too. But even back then, it was very recognized that the Medical professions in the u.s. Are extremely behind the times and to the point of being barbaric But of course in america and if, don't get me wrong I love this country and it has the best things going for it in the whole planet. That's why we have to preserve it and uh, Deal with our problems and fix our problems rather than just put it down or say it's a bad place um, the uh, health professions really need to come up to snuff but because the monies that be and the ones that have are behind the globalism and everything that we're looking now that's trying to destroy and control the whole planet, uh, they were instated not from American uh, people but from uh, f- uh, foreign jurisdictions that implemented their agendas in this country and then backed them up. With vast amounts of resources through, you know, the Rockefellers and the the, the Rothschilds and people that you know funded all these things, so that we would become their prototype, their their beta testing uh, jurisdiction to see um, how they could completely monopolize healthcare and subject us to things that would uh, allow them greater control greater profits. And now, unfortunately, that spread to the whole planet. So the reason why right now we aren't even in the top 50 of developed countries as far as best medical services is because we were under mean ahead of everybody else. Now everybody else has followed suit. But the cat's out of the bag. Uh, A lot of people are becoming educated. A lot of people are seeking out information so they can take care of themselves which i believe is the most powerful thing you can do and then also getting the resources so that they can find practitioners that uh at very best will uh or very least will obey the first premise of good health which is doctor do no harm
0: yeah and this is why we need to support such practitioners who are always under fire especially in like this state of California and um, throughout the the world, really uh, do our best to support them. Those that are, um, you know, doing that, their due diligence to understand what true health is and all that. So, um, so once again, just to reiterate, if someone's looking for more of a, like a naturopathic biological dentist, what you would search like biological dentistry or um, what again, would you search? Okay. Um, yeah, just so,
1: biological dentistry, natural dental care, any of the above, and, and you'll get hits. So, yeah, you know, realize if you're using Google that they will deliberately put a lot of the good hits on page, you know, 537, <laughs> so you don't find them. Um, so, you might want to use a different browser.
0: Uh, yeah, a different search engine or uh, also… Um, you know, connecting through uh, channels like us uh, where, once again, we'll have a resources page where we can start to have an index of practitioners that um, we like. Uh, this is something that we should look into doing um, moving forward for sure. We need to, as communities, create our own indexes and not rely upon uh, the corporate, corporatized information outlets like Google. Um yeah uh so moving forward beyond um procedural uh dentistry stuff like that is moving more to home care and ability to heal as the topic of this live stream you know healing naturally uh yourself there are ways to remineralize the teeth correct and to do things like what our um uh, tooth serum and other ones out there do naturally i mean we could it's time to kind of dive into that Um, and how that actually works. And we can kind of maybe even go through um, some of the ingredients that we have on our serum that we sell. Sure.
1: Okay. So um, interestingly in Great Britain, they are pioneering a new dental procedure for cavities where they run an electro current through your teeth that, and then they uh, simultaneously, put in uh, a non-toxic compound that's uh, mineral-rich that allows an instant remineralization of the tooth so that they don't have to drill and do the archaic method of uh, dentistry that we practice here. So that's very promising. But with that as a premise, understand this. Good medicine... Needs to have a way to assess the body electrically. We do that as a part of our bioterrain medicine, where one of the labs we do is called ionization analysis. And by extracting elements uh, from the urine and saliva, we have instruments that take certain chemistries out of those fluids and then put them in a mathematical equation, which tells us the electrical state of your body. We call that uh, resistance. And then with that information, we can guide people on diet and supplementation to gradually move to a more favorable resistance zone. You, without the um, aid of somebody like myself or that kind of technology, with proper lifestyle and nutrition and education, you can move in that direction all on your own. We do this so that we can um, advance somebody more quickly in the event that they have a serious condition going on and they don't have the luxury of time. So the point I'm making is that the electrical resistance of your body through proper lifestyle Will do exactly what those dentists in Great Britain are doing over a period of time. Now they just uh, do a concentrated activity in order to, uh, you know, mend the cavity there on the spot, which is fantastic. Of course, now it's going through approval uh, uh, agencies and things within this country, which means the dental association will probably never get around to it but uh, that is available elsewhere. But if you on your own over time are taking proper dietary measures to make sure you're getting good mineralization and at the same time moving yourself towards a more proper resistance zone as far as the electrical properties of your body, then you will create that same Electrical remineralization process as they're doing in concentrated fashion in the dental chair over there. So, if you understand how the body works uh, from an electrical perspective and understand the important role of minerals, uh, that's key to long term dental health. The first source of minerals you should seek is fulvic and humic acids. And those are the predigested minerals from plant matter that you find in the old Ayurvedic supertonic they call shilajit in that part of the world. It's really important. And we're finding even when it comes to things like autism and other issues that are affecting a lot of people, uh, humic and fulvic are key components uh, for reversing those sorts of diagnoses and having people restore their health. And just uh, for the average healthy person, those are the sources you need to get. We do have those as the basis of our entire zero-point line. Every one of those formulas has that base. And also, that is present in our tooth serum. Uh, we have a concentration of fulvic humic acid. And we also have uh, so it's a good source of minerals and it's also got transitional elements in it which we've talked about in other podcasts that are the keynotes the informational fields between the major elements that we recognize on the periodic table of element relative to trace minerals Um, so a good source just at home uh, salt uh, from himalayan salt is uh, a very good source of trace minerals so when you season your food salt isn't bad if you use it in the whole food form like himalayan salt Uh, that's great we also have that in our tooth serum Um,
0: so you could just take a uh, like really good himalayan salt and swish it around in your mouth every day
1: exactly well you don't even well that's the basis of the tooth serum. And when you're brushing with the tooth serum, you are getting that effect. And it does have a good, strong local effect that over months and years makes your, uh, you know, again, just like the the dentists in Great Britain that are remineralizing there on the spot with the aid of an electrical current. If your lifestyle is proper and the electrical resistance of your body is uh, moving towards a favorable direction, then when you're, you know, two, three times a day brushing with the tooth serum, you're getting that kind of effect in your mouth every single day, uh, a little bit slower than maybe that dental procedure. But in the long run, it's better than that dental procedure because you're not only going to prevent things, but you're going to also be assured that any dental procedures that you've already had don't worsen.
0: Sure. Makes sense. So besides, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the ingredients in this true serum. So besides the, um, uh, the, the Himalayan salt and of course the transitional elements and the, the Shilajit type, you know, the humic and fulvic acid, um, I see that we have marine pearl powder. Um, marine pearl power
1: powder is probably the single best way to remineralize your teeth. Exp- uh, the only drawback is it's extremely <laughs> expensive, but it's in a very powdered, you know, uh, nanoparticle size, which means even better than salt and the other things we've mentioned. Um, well, fulvic is in a predigested form, so that's very powerful, but the marine powder is going to remineralize better than probably anything. So, we do put that in our tooth serum, and it makes it very, very powerful. Um, And then, in addition to that, you'll notice we have uh, sodium bicarb. Yep. That's a good natural uh, non-abrasive way to get a little bit of uh, polishing with your teeth. Okay, and, and it's nice because it's very alkalinizing and it kind of balances out some of the other uh, things. And we don't just uh, use Arm & Hammer baking powder or whatever it's called. Uh, we use an organically processed um, sodium bicarb. So it's very clean, very pure. So that is one of the things in the
0: formula. Also in the formula, uh, aloe concentrate.
1: Aloe concentrate. I added that it's in a very strong 200 to 1 con- um, um, 200 to 1 concentrate because it's very healing to the gums mm. and to the entire oral cavity. And uh, there's ample research that people with gut problems, everything from Crohn's to divert diverticulosis and such, this aloe concentrate by itself. Has a great effect in healing the gut, and going back to our original statement that the mouth is part of the gut. So that aloe in there, every time you brush with it, it's going to have a great healing, soothing effect uh, to the gums, the mucosa in the mouth, and uh, also uh, go a long ways to contributing to local immunity because the aloe and that concentration has a good immune modulating effect.
0: Oh, makes sense um and then of course we have a lot of great uh essential oils in here from nine of them yeah and you probably since you uh formulated this know this well um maybe we can just quickly go into some of these um because once again yes we sell we've done the work and we sell this on our site for a very reasonable price however um we always also stress that if you want to go out and do your own serums and create your own stuff, go for it. you know if you happen to make your own essential oils with your rosemary and peppermint and wintergreen oregano these are easy herbs to grow, and you can while you have to grow a lot to make um, a quality essential oil, you can do this your, yourself but we have we have done the work for you too, and have this available on our website, but maybe let 's go into a couple of these uh, essential oils and why they 're in here.
1: Sure. The, the best way to go about them is to look at them in unison. There are essential oils that aren't in there that one could easily justify uh, being in an oral health product or dental product. And um, there are maybe a couple in there that typical um, essential oil dental products don't have and that we do have in there. And the reason being is when I formulate anything, I'm always looking at a synergy and a balance and never look at one component alone because uh, the sum of the parts is, is, uh, has a much different effect than any one single thing. So the different oils in there. And remember, essential oils are the essence of a plant. And uh, someday we'll have uh, some talks on proper use of plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And in traditional plant medicine, you want to honor the whole plant, which means the spirit, the essence, and the body of the plant. That's the basis of what we call spagyricism. And that's how uh, you'll see with our uh, tinctures that are going to be offered soon. You know, that's what we do. So in order to get the spirit of a plant, um, you want to distill the... um, um, alcohol making alcohol from the plant, so you make a wine, then you create a distillate to get a pure alcohol, and you know they call it spirits. Uh, where in old alchemy they understood, and our language, uh, you know, long ago used to honor these understandings, but we've fallen away from our our deeper understandings of the words we use. So spirits, as we call alcohol, is actually the spirit or the collective intelligence. What in uh, you know traditional medicines they call chi or prana that sort of thing So if you're making a botanical substance, you want to uh, have the spirit of the plant as the uh, as the uh, the solvent that you're distilling the essence from the essential oils and it calls of course essential oils means the essence now soul uh, the um, a plant has an individual identity and a soul just like humans do so that's the essence. That's what essential oils are. And then, you know, when you're through with the whole process of extracting uh, the oils, the essence of the plant, then you want to get the body of the plant. And there's a way of um, reducing uh, the 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 leftover macerate into um, uh, a powdery substance, and you take extract the water soluble. So now you get the alkaline minerals. Of The plant you get the body that's that's whole plant medicine. That's what we believe in and in clinical experience It just works better. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not even a comparison compared to normal herbal tincture. So back to the two serum We work with the essence essences, the essential oils Because they really have the greatest effect and in this case rather than a systemic tincture that I'm describing uh, before we're looking at having a strong topical effect and the best way is to use the essential oils. Got it. So we have essential oils in there that are uh, going to be great just for uh, fresh breath and, and other uh, phytoelements that they offer like peppermint and wintergreen and, and that sort of thing. And then there's oils, uh, you know, lemon and birch and, and thyme and things that not only contribute to oral immunity, but also um, that are have uh, been shown to have uh, profound effects on uh, helping the mineralization and maintaining strong enamel. And then we have uh, like oil of oregano and uh, others that are more geared towards not a, just allopathically trying to kill bad organisms, but maintaining Uh, if there is uh, more of a systemic imbalance that's proliferating the type of bacteria that would uh, promote or accelerate any kind of decay, just on a daily basis, these things are keeping them at bay so that it's uh, going to be easier while you're to have dental health and restore dental health while you're cleaning up your systemic act.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So just looking here, we've got frankincense, uh, oregano, thyme, clove, peppermint, birch, wintergreen, rosemary, and lemon. Um, these are all listed on the website. So if you go on to uh, alphavedic.com and go under the essentials and go to the restorative Two serum, and then you go down to ingredients, we list them all and what each do. So it's all there for you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've been using this now for a couple of years and just love it. Um, and what I love too about the essential oils is you really do have a much more longer lasting, um, sensation and effect of cleanliness in your mouth. I've noticed from after brushing and, and swishing this around. So I like to even take little, you know, uh, quarter teaspoons during the day of this stuff when my mouth is feeling a little, uh, uh, swampy, if you will. Uh, and, um, and just switch it around for five minutes, and man, you really feel the effects of the essential oils uh, just uh, penetrating into your gums and everything. So uh, it's, it's quite lovely. Uh, we do have a question here. In a uh, couple. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead. I was, uh, one, one quick thing on the essential oils. A couple, most notably clove oil, have uh, what reductionist science has identified as eugenol which is a compound that is, uh, they found is, is very, um, good for dental caries. So go ahead with your question.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, there's actually a question here with one of the, uh, followers on D live here, just wondering, um, why, uh, their wisdom teeth never bothered them. Uh, and, uh, Now I don't understand here. Um, Did my wisdom teeth not bother me because I had teeth forward of them? Oh, because uh, the teeth, he had other teeth removed. But basically, what's up with wisdom teeth? Do they need to be pulled? Um, Do you have any knowledge of of that? Boy, that's a good, good
1: question. And I'm still wrestling with that. You know, why the hell do we have wisdom teeth? Um, I have to default that it's not a mistake, Mm-hmm. Uh, people have always had wisdom teeth and it seems like they're more problematic and, you know, more contemporaneous problems. So, um, and, and they can create problems. So I, I really don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. Uh, some people need to just have them out because they crowd their whole mouth or create other problems. Uh, or else they never come up completely, and then it's hard to clean uh, you know uh, in the back gum gum line there, and then that can you know make you prone to decay and and that sort of thing so um, i I don't know uh, why we have the darn things, but I think there's a reason, and I don't think they should be as much of a problem as they are uh, here's another thing any kind of dental extractions, especially wisdom teeth, it will have a profound effect when you do an extraction on your cranium. And remember, your cranium is many bones with little microscopic sutures holding them together. And uh, the older we get, the tighter those get. They're supposed to remain movable because every time uh, your skull flexes like this and like this, It's responsible for good neurological health, circulating cerebral spinal fluid. And uh, one thing that I've trained in in the past is very advanced levels of craniopathy, where uh, you really have to understand how to restore that proper motion of the cranium. Now, when you get braces on the teeth, when you have tooth extractions, it is going to really affect the mechanics of the whole jaw and cranium. And contribute to a lot of issues. So if you do get extractions, another thing you might want to do is look up a good, um, I want to say osteopath, but current osteopathic schools don't teach craniopathy, even though that's what they were all about uh, at one time. So there are uh, chiropractors and naturopaths and other kinds of doctors that have been trained in old school craniopathy so you might want to go see one of those people in order to make sure that your cranial rhythms are functional and uh, and balanced, and that your cranium is not hung up in in any one area. But um, boy, if you can uh, tell me why they invented uh, uh, wisdom teeth, and, and and you know they do create problems in probably about forty percent of the population. Um, you know, Maybe good it's question.
0: A- Maybe it's a side effect of the Anunnakis um, messing with us.
1: <laughs> Must be somebody messing with us. Always default to that.
0: <laughs> um, great. Well, I think we've covered a lot. So just to just to kind of recapitulate um, everything. So what we're saying is that just because you get some rot in your teeth or what we call a cavity doesn't mean that's the death nail for the tooth. It doesn't need to be drilled into. There are the tooth is a living uh organism right that can heal itself in essence
1: right never look at the scene of the crime for the answers always step back and look panoramically and that's where you'll find your answers so if there's bacteria there they aren't just spontaneously there for any reason if you have a, a lousy lifestyle and if you're eating tons of sugar, well, that's going to affect your whole health. And it's not just going to contribute to feeding the bacteria. It's going to contribute to the fact that they're, they're in abundance in the first place. So always look at the big picture. And you, in order to, to step back, uh, one of the things you do is you look at your body as an electrical apparatus And we work electrically, not biochemically. Biochemistry are after-effect mirages of the electricity. Let's go into the weeds one last minute here. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, a very in-depth concept that there's no way I'm going to be able to make sense out of it for the average person. But we can over time with enough information. There is something called New Germanic Medicine, which we mention every so often, which has proven that our biological mechanisms, including what we call disease, are mirroring mirroring deeper issues at the level of the psyche. Now, those also are mirroring instinctual programs from our lower animal self, we'll say, that is derived from the animal kingdom as just far as instinctual survival mechanisms. And so when we have an issue in the body, including the teeth, what it's doing is telling us how those lower instinctual programs are triggering, and this has been proven neurologically with uh, contemporary technology um, and studying uh, brain scans, that these are triggered at the level of thought at psyche and then deliberately provoke biological reactions that will then full circle heal the psyche and help us at the level of soul progression big huge topic again enough information it would start making more and more sense and in order to understand a particular malady, such as dental caries, the jargon that we use in New German medicine would not immediately make sense or maybe even seem kind of silly. But here it is, anyway. If you go out in the animal kingdom, and especially when you have, uh, let's go to a wolf pack, and you make a kill and uh, or you're defending yourself everything of course is about biting and so you might be attacked so you defend yourself by biting back your survival is dependent on your ability to bite into your food steps and get your fill of things and you know take it into your body now on a human drama level that depicts that level of Um, Reality on those animal levels You might feel like you're being attacked And have no way to defend yourself No way to bite back so to speak Or you may feel that you're not able to get your fair share of things uh, By biting because there's other people taking their share before you and that sort of thing so If you go to that level of the psyche, you have to understand that when you start getting a rash of dental caries, and this affects your electrical health every bit as much as the other lifestyle factors we're talking about. Uh, And and let's just make believe like we live in a culture where people are trying to take our money, uh, create crimes to throw us in jail, uh, have an inordinate amount of agencies that tell us what we can and can't do every single second, um, and we feel defenseless uh, in, in, uh, you know, in, in front of the powers that be, so to speak, uh, that could possibly qualify as somebody attacking us and not having the ability to bite back because, of course, everybody knows you can't fight city hall. So we're told, you know, we're just little minuscule, insignificant creatures that have to do what we're told. So that level of our psyche is so under attack these days that it plays out in many, many ways, including our teeth. And we'll leave that for a future discussion. Cool. And I'll let you finish things up.
0: Yeah, that's... um. That's a whole interesting topic I'd love to dive into, the new German medicine, because I know that plays a big part in your clinical work or the clinical work you did used to do as you're retired now. But we still, obviously, that affects a lot that we're about as a company, and um, it's fascinating. Uh, So, yeah, uh, to wrap it up, I think this has been a really amazing talk about... um, really diving into the greater truths about everything that's going on in our mouths and how it relates to our entire health and our entire happiness. And, um, hopefully people can take away some practical, uh, things here they can do, uh, in their daily life. For me, I'm going to really start trying to do that. The oil, um, uh, pulling every morning. That sounds like a really cool technique. Uh, and I'm going to try it with coconut oil and, um, see how that uh improves my overall tooth health um and uh once again you can get uh, the the alphavedic tooth serum on our website which is alphavedic.com um you can also join in our telegram community which is at t.me/alphavedic um that is where we uh I talk on the regular it's the best way to kind of get involved and if you have further questions or comments, it's a really fun channel. It's starting to grow. We only have about 35 members right now. We'd love to get more in there. But those that are in there are very active. And we we always go into some cool trippy stuff. And it's just a it's a super fun way to be involved uh, with the company and with us. Uh, in Telegram, it's really easy. It's an app you can throw on your phone. Um, here in DLive with a lot of crypto folks, I'm sure, are aware of it because a lot of the cryptos use it. So um, Find us on Telegram or, of course, on Facebook and all the traditional platforms as well, forward slash alpha Vedic. Um, if you're just jumped in late on this live stream, we repost and live premiere this on YouTube at five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So you can catch that later today uh, and it will live there on our YouTube channel. The link is below here. Um, please subscribe to our channel here. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure notifications are on. Um, so that, you know, when we're live streaming next, uh, give us a like and all that fun stuff so other people can discover us. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Lando for all your, um, pearls of wisdom and everything, uh, that you brought to the table today. It's been a really interesting and educational, uh, uh, hour and a half or almost two hours now. Any parting words for the community?
1: No, it's just always a pleasure as always. Uh, I have fun doing these chats and uh, be well to everybody out there. Okay,
0: guys. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And remember, brush your teeth. Cheers.